Well, hello, Grace Bible Church. This is Pastor Brent. I'll be solo today on the Midweek Podcast. And before I go in and share seven insights that I've been able to gain uh, from actually just observing my wife and the and the discipline it takes as a functional single mom on Sunday mornings to get the kids ready, that I think we can all learn from. I know it's been a great encouragement to me as I've pondered those things. But before we do so, I want to give a few points of attention as we come to this Sunday. As you know, we've transitioned back now to two services, a 9 o'clock service and a 1045 service. And I would encourage you, the 9 o'clock service has plenty of room. Uh, so in a season like the one that we're in, perhaps that's, that's something that uh, you want to take advantage of. I'd encourage you to join us for the 9 o'clock service. Uh, if you're feeling uh, really spry, you can join us at 830 as we pray every single Sunday for the services and the ministries and the lives of the Lord is going to entrust to our campus that morning and also praying for those that are at home, unable to physically join us in person. Well, as we come to 9 o'clock and 1045 service uh, this Sunday, we're also going to be recognizing uh, the college students that are going to be coming with us and a point of intentionality that we take as we seek to be a, a faithful, multi-generational congregation uh, is that we would pursue those students. We would love them and care for them. And a great way that we do so is to feed them. So we're going to be feeding them this Sunday after service. I encourage you to stick around, uh, introduce yourself to a college student, uh, share your lives with them. Uh, this great opportunity, this great welcoming week. Uh, Pastor Roman, a Crosspoint students, I know our uh, Athletes in Action ministry, I know our uh, Campus Outreach ministry uh, also have been uh, faithfully preparing and praying for this opportunity. So I encourage you, uh, dress in something that you can you can get ready to uh, to be cool after the service. Uh, but it's going to be a wonderful day. We'll have Baptism Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a sweet day as we gather together. But now I want to share with you seven observations that I've been able to gain, seven leadership principles we might be able to say for how we can be successful to gather together on Sunday mornings that I see from my wife, Sarah. We have, as many of you know, we have a four-year-old boy, a two-year-old, soon to be three this month, later in September, I should say. Uh, and then uh, we have a, a six-month-old, Boaz. Now, my wife, part of the cost of ministry is that it requires uh, you know, pastor's wife to be able really to get the kids ready by herself functionally. But in watching her do this, uh, I've been observing and writing down some notes. I'm going to share those notes with you, and I hope they'll be an encouragement as you prepare to get ready uh, for worship every week as we gather together with our church family, never taking for granted this great gift that God has given us that builds up our faith and encourages us. The first of those leadership principles that we can gain from the, the single mom that gets ready, gets her kids ready, or single dad for that matter, uh, that as they get ready for church, is, is number one, to resolve your destination. Resolve your destination the night before, uh, no matter what it takes. Resolve your destination the night before, whatever it takes. Now, that's something that we make a decision of on Saturdays. Uh, one of the costs of pastoral ministry is not a great cost. But um, you'll rarely see me out late on a Saturday. I'm usually in by uh, at least 7 o'clock, uh, perhaps a little before that, to make sure I'm uh, able to prepare appropriately, uh, re-going over my sermon notes and uh, spending some time in prayer and also getting the kids in bed. We like a calm Saturday night to get ready for Sunday morning. This is not original to me, but I love the saying that a Sunday morning worship is a Saturday night decision. What does that mean for, for you and your family? Well, I can tell you what it means for ours. It means we commit ourselves. Sarah commits herself. She gets herself ready Saturday night, gets her mind right uh, for where she hopes to be on, on Sunday morning. It may not always work out that way, but we do know that if we resolve our destination the night before, 
we're much more likely to be successful in what we set our mind to. Second, I would encourage you to count the time cost of others and pay it yourself. Count the time cost of others and pay it yourself. I see Sarah do this every time. See, it used to be, for me, uh, one of the privileges of living just about a mile away from the church is, uh, as you know, we have elder meetings Tuesday morning every week at 6 in the morning. Part of our responsibility is we pray for the congregation and any needs that are submitted through the week, but also we pray regularly, proactively through our, our people and for you. But one of the great joys of living less than a mile away is I can actually leave my driveway and be at church in about three minutes. Now, Sarah doesn't have that privilege. She can know how long it takes to take a shower and get ready in the morning uh, and eat a little breakfast and come to church. But she's responsible for the time of our three boys. So she not only has to be responsible for her time, she has to take ownership for the time of the boys. Now, as they get bigger, I imagine that that maybe gets a little bit easier. But you have to take account for the time of others. That's something I would encourage you to consider on Sunday morning. Own everyone else's time. If we have the mindset that says, I'm going to own the time that it takes, if the, the husband owns the time it may take his wife, or the wife takes the time to, to, to count the cost of how much time it takes her husband to get ready, or uh, or whatever that might be, or a car, or traffic. If, if we own the time cost, uh, we won't be bittered when we have to pay it. We'll be planning for it. So number one, lessons we might learn from a single mom on what it is to get ready for church and how we too can be successful would be to resolve your destination beforehand. Number two would be to count the time cost of others and pay it yourself willingly. Number three would be to get a quick win on the board. Get a quick win on the board. Sarah, share with me the uh, how much easier it is when you just wake up, wash your face, use the restroom, say a short prayer, get a win on the board. Now, kids can wake up at any time. We know that. So it's important when they start to squeal or whatever it might be to, to get a quick win on the board, to get our mind right, to get momentum built for the morning as we prepare to come and worship the Lord with the people of God. Number four, dress yourself last. Dress yourself last. Now, that sounds almost kind of counterproductive, doesn't it? But one thing that Sarah's learned in getting the boys ready, and I'm sure there's many moms or dads at home that have learned this well before I had, but Sarah says that she found herself getting herself ready first and getting a big win on the board and then going and taking care of the kids second. But as children are prone to do, they would regularly wipe something on her or spill something on her or spit something onto her. All the things that can happen onto someone. Sarah's experienced it, I think, as many of you have. And so what she realized is that would be so discouraging to her heart, uh, just this huge momentum loss, that she realized, why don't I get a quick one on the board, get the boys ready, get them fed, do those things, and then I've already got my clothes set out. I'll slide my clothes on so that I can come afterwards. It really eliminates the chances of, of one of those big unforeseen discouragements that can happen. Have you ever noticed how easy it is on Sunday morning to get discouraged? You could might, could have to wait behind a light for a long period of time. You might be cut off on North Street by people going to another church, or hopefully not your own church. But any number of discouragements can set ourselves back. A little passive-aggressive statement, or a little fight on the way to church, or kids screaming, or whatever it might be. Well, I encourage you in that way to dress yourself last. Number five would be to get your mind right. Get your mind right. And for us in our home, it's for the boys, it's to get their minds right. Uh, even though they don't see me Sunday morning, I, I leave and I get to church several hours before usually anybody else does. 
it just helps me to get my mind right, and uh, it's a really calming time for me uh, as I prepare for the morning. But that means that our boys don't see me on Sunday morning until they come to campus. And so part of what we've realized is quite helpful is I'll prepare their minds Saturday night before we leave. Uh, I'll share with them what Sunday is going to bring and what I expect of them and how they can help mama. Uh, one of the things that I kind of catechize with our boys is, is uh, your responsibility to protect mama. And how do you protect mama, boys? And they say, by obeying her. And that helps her to be aware, to be focused, to be of mind, and simply makes the day a lot better. So I try to get their minds right the night before. Prepare their minds for what's going to come. Prepare those things. And I think we as well, even if we're a, a, a young adult, a single young adult, or a, a seasoned single, that we can get our minds right to think through what we're about to walk into. Get our minds right before deploying. So number one, resolve your destination. Number two, count the cost of others and pay it yourself. Number three, get a quick win. Number four, dress yourself last. Number five, get your and their minds right. And number six, at the end of the day, realize that God is getting your heart right. As hard as we work to get our kids' minds right, we need to take time at the end of the day to stop and to realize whatever frustrations might have happened or chaos uh, might have ensued, the Lord is sanctifying us through this process as well. This process of getting others ready and the frustrations that come when timing doesn't quite work the way we hope it will, whether it's a Sunday morning routine or all of life, the Lord is sanctifying us. He's shaping us and sharpening us into the beautiful and glorious image of Christ. And that oftentimes happens with unexpected circumstances and heartaches, big or sometimes extremely, extremely small. So I encourage you, after you get home at the end of the day, realize, even if you can't remember the point of a sermon or anything that was said or uh, just a host of different things, realize that the Lord did not waste it. The Lord did not waste that day. Just as you tried hard to get your child's mind right, you better believe that the Spirit of God has been shaping your heart in that experience. And finally, number seven would be to go in grace. Go in grace. Part of going in grace is to give yourself the appropriate grace. We try to be a gracious body, quick to forgive, slow to hold on to an offense, quick to reconcile, that's one of the gifts of the Lord's Supper that God gives us to be a continual reconciliation tool in the life of the body every last Sunday of the month as we observe that. But I want to encourage you, one great tool to go in grace is once you arrive at the parking lot of Grace Bible Church, is to say a little prayer in the car. Thank the Lord for the morning. Thank the Lord for the gasoline. Thank the Lord for the weather. Thank the Lord for the freedoms to gather. Thank the Lord and pray for those believers that don't have the privilege of gathering. Those believers in other countries that may not have hardly any believers around them that they can gather with. Other countries, uh, Lord, be with the people in Afghanistan uh, and the terror that they're experiencing and those believers there and all across the world that we'll never realize, never understand. Help us to gain perspective that we can go in the grace of God. That's the goodness that God gives us, a church family. Well, Grace Bible, I want to encourage you as we come this Sunday to service we're going to be in Exodus chapter 6, verse 13 through 27. This is the genealogy text. I think the elders and uh, pastoral staff were drawing lots for who is going to be the one that has to read the names for the scripture reading this Sunday. So stay tuned to see who exactly that's going to be. But in the genealogies, we find something quite special. 
The genealogies are never wasted, and they're quite significant to those that read them. Every single name that we read, even though even the most avid of Bible students will come across a name that we say, who's that again? Well, God knows every name. As we read the genealogy, we'll see that some names aren't even spelled. They're just described. God knows every one of those, and he's faithfully working out his plan. When we read genealogies, we'll, we'll read the names of people, some that have checkered pasts or embarrassing facts even listed in the genealogy. But God's not ashamed of sinful pasts. He knows them all in full and in depth. And God has a story and a history of using even broken people to accomplish his glory. And what we'll see is that these little stories are like little streams that flow to the redemptive river of the promised Christ. And here we are on this side of the cross, and we see the living water that flows from the King of Kings, bringing life and wisdom and instruction to all different seasons. One of the great questions we're going to ask this week is, has your little story yet encountered Christ? If you don't know Christ, I encourage you, give your life to him. Ask questions, lean in, and pursue the one from whom living waters flow. Grace Bible Church, we love you, and we look forward to worshiping with you and gathering this Sunday.